You know it's hard. <laughs> what? That's a great way to start. I'm not answering that. That's a great way to start. Leading question. Sorry. My hands are on top of the table. Thank you. Uh, what's hard is being a football fan in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, I know. I mean, I don't. I don't know when this episode is going to get released, but just as a as a point of reference, it doesn't matter. It's it, a yeah, timeless it comment. I don't think it matters. IU season was abysmal. Yeah. Um, three of us attended the Colts game last night, Monday Night Football against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, outside of a couple drives in the third quarter, our offense looked anemic, pedestrian. I'm, I'm looking for a words. Apparently, um, it was that was it was bad. Quite frankly, that was a really boring football game. I mean, to lose, yeah, no one wants to lose. Like you want to go and watch your team win. But at a minimum, you want to go and, and watch a good game and be entertained. And I, I, I would have rather gotten two hours more of sleep that that I didn't get because if you know yeah. Monday Night Football, you game gets done at eleven thirty and takes forever to get home. Sort of like uh, Saturdays in Bloomington. Tailgating is good. They do put on a good show though. In between timeouts and stuff, I thought that was pretty entertaining. We were glad you were entertained. Are you not entertained? I mean, I was entertained. thank goodness for the Frisbee dogs. Yes, yes, you're right. And the quick change artists. Yep, and the light show. It was great. I appreciate you wearing the Iowa shirt today. No I, I would have expected nothing no less. It's an Iowa football shirt, no less. Um, Hawkeyes didn't have the greatest season. I mean, granted, it's better than the Hoosiers, which is pretty easy to do, but... Um, Bowl prospects? Uh, is there one? Yeah, I think the uh, maybe the Motor City Bowl. Yeah, so it's gonna be like an Outback yeah. or Motor City or Outback maybe or the Music City. Music City, maybe. But probably we're going south for sure. Okay. We travel. We travel well to Florida and San Antonio. All right. So you got something to look forward to there. We don't. Um, yeah, we do. Now it's basketball season. Basketball season. <laughs> basketball <laughs> right. season. Um, how, how are the Hawkeyes going to be this year? For basketball? Yeah. Good. Really good. Really good shooters, a couple of young kids in the post. A couple of nine-year short veterans no, that, we don't, that we don't shoot have from 40 feet. Don't have any of those anymore. Oh. He's just running a podcast now. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, well, maybe we should have him on as a guest. I, I'll give him a call. Okay, let's do that. I have a Twitter connection with him. Oh, your Twitter buddies. Yeah, our Twitter buddies. <laughs> should be good. We should ask a, a more important question, more important in, in, like in the backyards of Des Moines and Iowa City mm-hmm. and you know, other places in that state. Um, how's Iowa wrestling going to be this year? Like, just to get down to the real question of Iowa sports, how's wrestling going to be? I don't follow wrestling. <clears throat> yeah, I don't. Isn't it like the kingpin sport? It is. Part you want to cut it that is. part out? No, no, you can't, because I know some people are going to watch this. I follow, our, I follow our high school, is to me, is more exciting than watching Iowa wrestling. We have a really good high school. Uh, the school my son goes to. Yeah. Really good... Uh, uh, wrestling program. In fact, Dan Mashik, he used to, uh, I think he was a college, or high school high school teammate of Dan Gable. Okay. So he's got a big shrine in our in our community. So he's kind of it's kind of a big deal around there. But I just don't follow it. Couldn't do it. I am. I will say this. I am one and zero in wrestling because I had to do it, and I was a chubby kid. And as soon as I won and I qualified to go to a tournament, then they gave me the singlet, and I said, "Nope, not my sport. <laughs> not wearing. I am not wearing that singlet. That's a tough one for me." Hashtag singlet. Yep. 
Now you just wear it around the house for kicks. I do. Well, Vince said I get an industrious podcast singlet. Oh, perfect. Or maybe a tank top. I'm more of a tank top guy. Yeah, we'll work on that. <laughs> yes. Perfect. <laughs> uh, so you're going to go to the bowl game if they go? No, I don't think so. No. I, I went to the Rose Bowl, and what is it? The last one we went to, we got I, – I left at halftime. I mean, McCaffrey had, I think, 300 all-purpose yards at half. Okay. And – I just we left. I was done. I had enough. It was fifty something to, I think fifty four to three at the point. So I mean, it wasn't a fun game to go to. And there was travel problems. There's always snow. It was we got delayed. I had to sleep in the airport overnight. Uh, I mean, it was just a mess. Nice. So we're not doing that anymore. All right. Cool. All right. Well, let's get rolling. Let's do it. Um, go ahead and push that a little bit closer to you. All right, Chris, do you pick him up? Okay. Oh, I can't hear it, the headphones. Yeah. We'll assume, yes. He's texting you on the screen. Oh, oh that's cool. Yes. <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> <Nice>. All right. <clears throat> All right. So I'm dragging today. Not a lot of sleep last night. Half my household is sick, and I think I'm starting to catch their cold, which is fantastic. But I'm excited to talk about some important things, not just college football or wrestling or pro football, which again doesn't exist in our state, and not basketball, which does. Um, by the way, speaking of which, Purdue, like beating Gonzaga and Duke the way they did recently, that makes Pretty me solid. angry. This just makes me angry. And they got it, and they're in the Big Ten. Well, it doesn't matter. Yeah, they're not supposed to be, but yeah, they are. Um, okay. What was your first question? No, I was going to do our intro. Oh, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Five, four. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Industrious Podcast. Thank you for joining us from wherever you get your podcasts, or if you're on the Assessa YouTube channel, thank you for joining us there. Uh, if you are on the YouTube channel and you haven't hit that little subscription button or the little notification bell to be alerted when new episodes like this one drop, please do so. Uh, again, thanks for joining us and welcome. Uh, today's guest is a uh, Assessa employee, um, longtime friend. We've known him well, well before actually he joined our team, uh, Mr. Chad Purdy who hails from the great state of Iowa. Perfect. Welcome Love to the Industrious Podcast. I appreciate you having me on the podcast. You're welcome. <laughs> I have a harder time saying the other thing. But thanks for having me. I can't do it anymore. Thanks Sorry. for having me. I can't do it anymore. <clears throat> I'll add that one. What's that? Well, if you remember a, long, a little group text message for a while, I think it was during the Big Ten Championship game for uh, basketball, and we just kept, kept winning, kept hitting Men's threes. Men's women's? Men's. Okay. And I kept saying, thanks for having us. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Oh, yes. Got old. I can't say it anymore. I use it now. That's, <laughs> I, so that's thanks good. For that. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> you can have that one. Yeah. Uh, Chad, why don't you give some background for our listeners? Well, I, uh, I went, well, after college, I, I, uh, I was, I played, I went to. Wait, sorry, real quick. You, you were born and raised in Iowa? Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. Yep. I went to college to play baseball, got hurt, 
which isn't a shocker. But I did realize that if you can't hit a curveball, you really can't go too far in baseball. But I was told I couldn't play anymore and kind of went home and started working in a, uh, for the summer job, started working in a cabinet shop, <clears throat> a large cabinet shop in our area. Uh, started, I'm talking third shift, ground up, you know, 20 or 19, 20 years old. Uh, was blowing off parts before sealer sanding. And then kind of in the in that like five-year period, just kind of sat there and just kind of worked my way up through the ranks and started getting into the paint side of it, matching colors. Um, and then kind of got an offer to get on the other side of the of the business to start servicing paint. So I serviced in that area. Yeah. Then I started selling account managing and kind of moved all over. That first job... Um Getting out of the actual manufacturing process into the call it, yep. I guess the coding side, correct? Yep. Um, what, what were you doing, and what was that role? I was a uh, lead service technician, okay. and just basically doing uh, covered. It, it was it's very strange because in, in my hometown, I have between nine miles. There's seven million dollars worth of business just sitting there, so I could I could always travel back and forth. It was really easy. Um, and the the beauty of it is it was better than any any school you could possibly go to for wood because they had every technology, had every way of applying finish, flat lines, roll coats, hundred percent solids, UVs, everything. So right. it was kind of like it was it was a really good training ground, and saw a lot of problems. And that's my opinion. You see a lot of problems. That's when you start getting the knowledge, is because you know how to fix them. Right. Yep. Yeah. Is that area of Iowa that you're referring to big in manufacturing in general or specific, just happens to be specific to cabinets? It's manufacturing. It's the only yeah. thing we got. You got the two big cabinet shops and John Deere. Okay. And, and John Deere's. And farming, of course. Yeah. And John Deere pretty much is the, the lion's share of the, the manufacturing jobs out there. So how long did you do that and then what? Well, I also wanted I wanted to learn a little bit on the metal side as well. Okay. So, uh, a friend of mine, well, was a customer, um, turned into a good friendship. Uh, he took a job down in New Orleans. So, and that was all on the marine side, brown water and blue water marine. So I was like, all right, let's go down there and kind of see what that's all about. And did that for about six years. <clears throat> um, really enjoyed it. It was really tricky stuff. I mean, you're flying. I mean, that's when I was flying all over the world, you know, going to Singapore and Spain and London and all these places, going to dry docks to try to figure out, you know, you have to crawl in. If you can't imagine a crawl space of about that big, and I'm trying to get through it to go to a tank that holds, you know, 65,000 gallons of water for the people on cruise ships to, you know, so they can drink and shower. But you would go down there and inspect those tanks before they would paint them again okay. and come back up and sleep in a cruise ship cabin. So if someone tried to recruit me to go work in brown water, that'd be a really tough sell, just saying. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that's, I don't that's know not brown even. Water brown is water is a river. It's, so it's on like, you're, we're talking barges. Is that a technical term, Chad? Yep. Yes, it is. It is. <laughs> Believe it or not. Believe it or not. You got gray water. Well, that's a long story. Black water's not good. You not don't want to be. You don't want to be in black water. But, but yeah, yeah. You I, on the on the brown water side, on the barge side, when oil and soybeans are down, that's when the barge market just goes, just done. They yeah. don't make anymore. But when that's up, they will make them. They'll push them out nonstop. These things are huge. Yeah. Hmm. 
So then what happened? <laughs> then I I saw a little job that came up at a at a Cessa, and I started remembering all the times that I was running around with uh, at the side with a uh, a guy that was on this podcast before, John Andrioli. I ran around with him for a while. Um, kind of met your dad at the time. Met you guys. Did some service work for you guys on the on the North America side, and I remember it. I liked it, and figured. It'd Come on board and do the wood again. I've always liked the wood. The the wood is is much. It's just what I know. Right. You know, I, I took it took a long time for me to to understand the water side because there's more. It's more uh, uh, like sort of sort of you got to have all these certificates to do right. all this stuff. You know. Yeah. So if you're in a spec, I mean, you could sell it all day long. But if you're not, it's like pulling teeth to try to get in that spec. Certainly. What what aspect of okay so we're talking wood coatings right now, what aspect of your role being sales and business development manager for our eastern division sorry western division had my mirror backwards, um, what aspect of that is you know I guess most satisfying to you like what part of your day do you get the most you know juiced up about the I, the ride ride around with the people I mean you get to see so many customers on a, any given day. You could, I mean, we, we try to hit 10 or more when we go out. Um, we've had uppers of 20, hitting 20, 20 people in a, in a 10 hour, 11 hour day. That's, I mean, that's a pretty good day for us, but it's just different. I mean, the, you can go into our sector down South and it's, you know, it's Amish communities and, and it's awesome. You go in there, they're, they're going and talk to them for five minutes at time, 10 minutes. They love it. Then you got the big English accounts where, you know, it's that. It's the same. Everybody has the same thing going on, you know, but it's you got all these different cultures. It's kind of fun. I like doing yeah. that. Then you go out to Denver and it's completely different out there, too. Mm-hmm. That's it's it's satisfying. It keeps you hopping. It keeps you busy. Certainly. What's the most challenging part of the job? Which probably could be said for regardless of what industry. Yeah. It Right now, it's I mean, the challenging part is time. I mean, we have yeah. we have our customer base is so huge. I mean, it's so large. Um, and you got to have time. You got to got to try to figure out where to put all your time to. Make sure that you're still hitting all your customers. Make sure your team's working. I mean, the the hardest part is to get everybody working in a a nice cohesive unit. For me, right now, anyway. Yeah. But I'm we're, I, in my opinion, on the west side, we're still building a team. We're kind of we're still we're still adding on to personnel there. So it's exciting. That that part's fun too. Mm-hmm. Well, you're you being in the field on a regular basis, um, maybe more on the wood side, but also going into the chemical side, into the metal coating side, et cetera. What what things are standing out to you right now? Like what trends are you seeing? What um, challenges are you seeing people have, whether it be across all sectors or specific to a certain sector? I mean, right now, I think the some of it is labor shortage mm-hmm. for, especially for the, the cabinet shops. I've noticed this is the first time I've seen this ever. Um, you got a six, you know, six, seven cabinet or a working shop, right? Six guys, seven guys. And there's a, there's a flat line in there. There's a spray machine in there. I mean, you would never see that 15 years ago. They'd be like, that'd be the dumbest investment. They'd be like, Why would we do that? Right. Now it's like, that guy is going to be here. I know he's going to be reliable. He's going to spray every day, you know. And I mean, that's that's a huge thing for some of these guys that are so overbooked they can't keep up. And now they're like, well, at least I can spray this out and get this get my production out the door, right? Without having to worry. Do you think it's a combination of labor shortage, 
or the price of the equipment's coming down or, or all the above? Uh, I think it's, I think it's labor short. I really do. Cause the price of the equipment is still, it's still pretty high, yeah. but it's more justified now. I mean, cause I mean, if you're going to pay a guy, you know, now you have to pay more for that worker to keep them happy. And right. I get that. I mean, you should, but, um, it all kind of, I think works out in the end. If you, if you crunch the numbers, everybody's crunching the numbers and you can, you can save paint, you know how much you're putting on. There's, there's some, there's some savings. Well, there. yeah, to your point, the machine's there every day and it's consistent. Yep. As long as it's maintained and monitored. Yep. No, that's a good thing. Yep. What kind of, so, you know, labor shortage is not a, not a new thing in the last, mm-hmm. you know, kind of somewhat post COVID world. And we've, every guest we've talked to has mentioned that as one of the um, leading issues that their business or their clients' businesses are facing. Uh, and, it's, and there is no industry or type of business that's immune to that type of business, meaning, you know, large kitchen cabinet manufacturer, large widget manufacturer, office furniture manufacturer, down to, uh, you know, the two-man Amish shop, the three-man Amish shop who are just struggling to get things out the door because normally they're a five or six-man shop. Uh, it, it's not spared anyone. Um, shifting gears a little bit on trends, technologies out there. What, you know, if you were a starting up your own cabinet shop, based on what we know today with emerging technologies, or I don't say emerging because that sounds too new, but you know the technologies that are available. What would you outfit your shop with? On the on the when you say on the paint side, like yeah, what, what paints we'd I'd use? Hundred uh, percent acrylic polyurethanes. Solvent or water? Solvent. Sol- solvent to start, water to push into, because I know that's where they're going. Seen, there, there's some good technology out there right now that it's not the same as it used to be, that's for sure. Um, the the water base is making a push in because all the VOC regulations are starting to come down. And, and before that was a problem because you couldn't really find anything that worked. But now it's, you know, it, it's it's a lot easier to switch somebody that want that's been solving his whole life and says, all right, I want to switch to water. A lot of times you can send them, you can give him two panels and he won't believe you because they look almost identical. So he's like, all right, prove it to me. So, you, you know, there's some challenges. There's some challenges yeah. with water base like everything else. But, um, but yeah, I would, I would, I would, I would start. If, if I was going to cater to a higher-end type of um, client, I would want to start off with a with a, an acrylic, at least, polyurethane. Gotcha. I'm a little surprised by that. I thought you'd go straight to water just because of the, the, how, uh, where it's at right now. And yeah, how good it's, it is. it's it's tough. I mean, if – I guess – I mean, I would have to – I mean, if, I'm, if I was going to do it, that's how I would do it. Right. But I know in the long run, you're going to have to – you're going to have to switch to water. Yeah. For sure. Well, now you're doing chemical pretreatments. So where are you going to go there? Are you going to go straight to nano? No, no, no. Uh, that, but that, that that's a pretty cool technology from what from what I did in, you know, when we went through some workshops. Um, it's different, it's, that's for sure. I, I just think right now I think they need to, for that particular, if they want to get in, if they want to push it even further, they just need to get more specs. Mm-hmm. They need to spec it out on the military side. Right. But if, you're, I mean, if it's your shop... Would you go that route only because I mean, from oh, yeah. test results on paper, it it outperforms certain technologies. Obviously, it's more environmentally friendly. Yeah, right. we, when we did our, when we did all the testing in the lab, when we were doing our own little, you know, we run through, uh, it outperformed everything, and it was it was a lot lot less finicky than some of the other stuff. Yeah, you had a little wiggle room to make some mistakes. Right, 
And that's what, I mean, everybody's trying to put in the chemical side. What are you trying to do? You're trying to push your baths as long as you can, trying to save as much money. And, you know, you can kind of do that and get away with it. Yeah. Um, it's end of the year. We've been talking about 2023 planning for the last couple of days. Mm-hmm. What uh, What's your crystal ball look like? For 2023? <laughs> I'm very optimistic on 2023. Yeah. From from what I've seen and all the people that I'm going to talk to, all our current customer base and our customers that we're bringing on, um, I, I, see, I see 2023 being really strong. And if we don't have to say the R word, you know, if that doesn't have to come up, if we can keep going strong in other markets, um, yeah, it's, I think it's going to be a big year. Any particular area or just, just a general feeling? Um, cause you, I mean, you're, well, both of you and Kevin, but your, your market is pretty diverse. Let's mm-hmm. face it. I mean, you go to small communities to a couple pretty large cities. Yep. I like, I, I like Denver. I like Denver right now blowing up. I like Southern Indiana, um, making a push there. Our efforts there are starting to pay off. Um, that's, the, I mean, th- those two, I think, I mean, if you're going to go one and two, you interchange them, but right there are the two that are going to kind of springboard us off in 2023. Yeah. Cool. Um, what questions do you have for us? Ooh, let's go off the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Give me your two favorite 80s movies. Oh, okay. That is Ooh. off the wall. Can't Buy Me Love because everyone likes a rom-com. Ah, damn it. Is that oh. 80s or uh-huh. is that 90s? No, that's got to be like 89. It's close. Late We're 80s. on the right on the line. Late 80s. If it's not, I'm claiming it as 80s. Um, yeah, probably uh, there's a lot to sort through there. Um, yeah. I mean, there's some classics like your Back to the Futures and things like that. Uh, but sticking with the Michael J. Fox team, Teen Wolf. Yes. <laughs> Although I watched that maybe a year or two ago with my kids. I'm like, oh, let's watch Teen Wolf. It's PG thirteen, right? Yep. Yeah, PG thirteen back then well, versus the what it is now. It's not the same. <laughs> no. A lot of language in there you should not, cannot, and for good reason, should not use today. Yes. Let alone other suggestive scenes. But um yeah, about Goonies. Man, there's so many good eighties movies. It's good. Yeah, there's a lot of options. I think the best way for me to try to reference one is thinking about if I'm channel surfing late at night and there's what movies are on that snag me and even if it's you know 12 30 and i should be shutting the tv off and going to sleep i'm in yeah roadhouse is one uh but oh, that's got to be 80s right i don't I, I still think we're in the 90s but really i'm just but i'll take it Ugh. okay 1989 well, yes roadhouse wow okay, so that's that's one and how about the original top gun yeah oh can't buy me love 1987 boom there you go okay joe get, todd get with the old. wind getting old yeah. The reason why I say that is I asked that question is because I was I was listening to a podcast on my on my drives out. I have I have a long drive, so I can throw a podcast on Breakfast Club. How many say the Breakfast right. Club? It's a good one. Yeah, Beetlejuice, uh, Footloose, The Outsiders, God, National Anthem's Vacation. So I just pulled up a list, a Google list, <laughs> to remind me of all the awesome movies. It sh- it shocks me that Quentin Tarantino said that the '80s were the worst time for cinema in the history of cinema. Well, look at look, like the classic '80s movies, and then look them, uh, compare them to a Quentin Tarantino movie. They don't well, quite jive. They don't jive. Yeah, so I can I f- kind of see I that. I figured you guys would be like Sixteen Candles, Pretty in Pink. I mean, Vision Quest. Psalm, but I don't know, man. Not so much Vision Quest. It's one of my top five movies. But then you've got War like, Games. Well, Ooh, there you go. Yeah, but Rocky. then you've got like every every U.S. versus Russia. Yeah. 
you know, the bad guy, the Cold War era type stuff. Yep, I like yeah. that. I mean, there, there's, there also, there's also a certain genre of movie that then like American Pie, when it came out, obviously after the fact, reminded you of some of those 80s mm-hmm. movies. Um, there's some, some memories of those growing up. It's good stuff. <laughs> I wasn't in high school in the 80s, so like, you know, anything, you know, 16 Candles and that kind of stuff that spoke more to kids in high school. Yeah. It was a little, little too over my head. You I mean, you can't tell me you didn't like Weird Science. I loved it. Oh, I loved yeah. it. God, that <laughs> changed my life. Changed, like it did for most people. Yeah. Put hair on your palms. Yeah, yeah I mean, what, whatever that is. <laughs> yes. Wow. It's a, it's a good movie. All right, cool. Um, any other questions? No, I'm just good stuff. I'm happy to be here. That's it. Well, we're happy to have you as part of Team Assessa. Well, thanks. Thank you for all the, all the work and efforts that you guys put in. Uh, you and your team. And so we, we look forward to uh, what 2023 brings to all of us. Um, and thanks to all of you guys for listening on this episode of the Industrious Podcast, or if you're watching on the Assessor YouTube channel, thank you. Once again, if you haven't hit the subscription button, please do so. Hit the notification bell so when you can see the next episode of Chad or anybody else on this, uh, this podcast, you'll be alerted. And uh, don't forget, be industrious. <laughs>